Hello and welcome to the Big Show. This is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, the dive bars of Seattle. We are a podcast that visits local dive bars, historic taverns, and old drinking establishments. We are setting out to document those bars that have a seedy backstory and interesting history behind them. But best of all, we are recording these episodes live at the bar itself. And I think you guys think, can hear... I think they can hear that I think tonight. you can hear it in the background. Uh, as we're as recording hell. this, it's loud as hell. We're not sure if we're even going to be able to release this as an episode, but hopefully it comes through. Yeah, if anyone was ever doubting us as, as far as if we're recording live, I think you can hear the proof right now. We're not in Brad's garage right now. Nope, we are not in Brad's garage. For this episode, we are at Slim's Last Chance Saloon and Chili Shack. This place is widely known for its delicious chili, which I am definitely looking forward to trying after recording. Joining me as always is our producer extraordinaire, Bob Trombley. Hey now. As well as my two co-hosts, Lou and Jeremy. How are you guys doing tonight? All right. All right. Doing good. Sweet motherfucking Lou. Yeah. Stash Panda on my right. Brad. And I'm going with um, I'm going with Jay Dreamy. Wow. I just came up yeah. with that. I'm going to try it on and wear it around that a little bit, like see how it fits. Professional uh, wrestler yeah. moniker. Yeah. I like yeah. it. And Brad, uh, let's say hi to the house band, Satan's Pilgrims. You heard them pluck a couple bass notes in the background. They were playing that music you heard coming in. That's what welcomed us in, yep, as always. Okay, guys, now as far as the history of this place, I'm going to say it right off the bat. There really isn't that much of that here. It opened in 2008. And it's been visited by a lot of celebrities. That's pretty much the extent of this place, which doesn't mean it make it any less cool, but it's a little different than our usual destinations, right? But I purposely picked this place for this very reason. So let me explain. Mm-hmm. We are wrapping up season one. This is the finale for season one. We're going to be doing season two. Which I cannot Here's... believe. It's right? crazy. It is blown by. 12 episodes. That's 12 what freaking I episodes. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was just thinking that today. I was like... 12 episodes, how is that even possible? So during these 12 episodes, we've encountered all varieties of bars and taverns, which has prompted many discussions between us. What constitutes a dive bar? How old does a dive bar need to be before it can truly be considered a dive bar? Is there a difference between a neighborhood bar and a dive bar? And the list goes on. So, I thought we could use this episode not only to visit an interesting drinking establishment, as we like to call them, but also revisit some of these discussions we've had. And since we're wrapping up season one, I thought we could look back on some of the previous bars we visited, talk about how these places have shaped our show, kind of a stroll down memory lane. Oh my God, we could do a montage. A montage. Oh, oh. We don't have to do shit. Let's cut the mics now. Yeah, we're done. We'll just drink and eat yeah, just chili. clips from each of the other episodes. Then, uh, yeah, Bob can put and together sh- the best of And we should one. mention, uh, so... There's a house band that's setting up. Every night at this place at 6 p.m., a house band comes out and puts on a whole set. They're supposed to come on in about like a half hour, but you know these things go, so we might be cut off a little uh, abruptly here. Yeah, we got a hard cut off tonight. They're supposed There's to be There's also like some six. fucking bachelorette party or some shit going on the, next door uh, to us here. If y'all are ever wanting to come down to Slim's Thursday night, the music is free, and it's a house band, which is the Billy Joe show. No yeah. cover. Now, they're supposed to put on a pretty good show, and... You know, after we record, we're all going to grab some chili and, you know, hopefully watch some good music. So Nice. So with that said, so yeah, this is episode number 12. And this place kind of brings into the quintessential question we've been asking ourselves since we started out on this journey, which is, what makes a dive bar? 
and how old does a dive bar need to be before it can be considered a dive bar? So for you guys, I present the question, is this a dive bar? It was built in 2008, which is what? For sure. Yeah. 14 years old? Yeah. Born on 15? It has uh, all the looks. First of all, it has for all the sure. looks. Yeah, yeah, definitely dive bar. But that's would, a, it's a great point, though. Like you would you would call it a dive bar? Are, is there criteria that you can say, oh well, no, this isn't a dive bar because it doesn't have you know X, Y, and Z and stuff? And those are legit questions, right? But you know, you look around and it's got the feels for it sure. Does. It's it got does. the dive bar feels for yeah. sure. So first and foremost, you walk in, like, yep, this is a dive bar. Yeah. Right. So even if it just like opened up yesterday, and even if uh, all they serve is uh, champagne and uh, caviar, still got the feels, man. What's well, in an old building? I don't know how old the building is, but we've got a garage store right old. here. Yeah, I mean it's in Georgetown. Industrial neighborhood. We're, we're in Georgetown. It's an industrial neighborhood. I believe this place used to be a garage that they converted into a bar. It has all the the, the bones of an old building in a garage. It's, the interior is just cool as yeah, hell. It has all the trappings you of know, a that, dive that, bar. You know that's a great point too. Like we talked about age, and, and so far every bar we've been to has been like. 30s or so yeah. when they opened, right? Easily. Kind of a theme going on. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. 2008, this is a young, this is a baby bar, right? This is a baby bar. A, but, but you walk in, it feels much older. It right? does. You look it around, does you're like, this place yeah. has been around for decades. Here's, yeah. here's an important thing that they're doing. What's the year? 2008. When it opened, yeah. yeah. Do the math. What's Four, 22 14 years. Uh, carry the one. 14. That was the last time they did a deep cleaning in this place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at that. There's, there's fingerprints, there's smudges, there's black shit. It's not... Yep. Uh, yep. It's, yeah. it's, it's been aged. Even the, the tables Patina. are already scratched to hell. The finish is coming off. I'm oh, sure they, any health inspectors listening probably, to you, Lou, they're probably on their way right now. They might have they probably just these used. Dove in their vehicle. 14 years is all it takes for a good... Dive bar patina. Yeah. Right? All right. I, I don't and know. There's like, look at the wall behind you. There's a million stickers that look yeah. like they've been there forever. It's dark. There's cool tables. There's uh, definitely like an atmosphere going on that you, it's like, it's not a, it's not a simplicity because there's simplicity going on. You know, bare uh, beams being exposed in the ceiling and all this stuff, right? So, should we say happy birthday? Do we have to, do we have to pause and sing happy birthday? I think we got to buy this someone a shot like of tequila. A, a stand-up comedian when the bachelorette party shows up. <laughs> <laughs> so, back, so you guys would all agree that this is a dive bar in your opinions? Yes, yeah, most definitely. Sure. Yeah. Because, Lou, I remember you said before, like, a bar has to be at least 50 years old. Yeah, I, yep, I believe yeah. that coming out so of So are you reading those words now? Yeah, no, I take it all back. This place is bullshit. <laughs> Exceptions to the rule. And yuppie bar. Can I have the avocado toast? <laughs> no, this is a very cool place. And uh, and the decor is really cool, too. I mean, it, the decor matches an old dive bar. Because we've all been in retro exactly dive like bars the that... Moon or yeah. Or even Daryl's kind of reminds me of that with the square. Big pile yeah. of bottles behind the bartender. Yeah. Um, Eight taps. Well, well, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it has some grit under its fingernails. It's I would call it a dive bar too, for sure. Behind, actually, the most important part of the story is what's going on behind us, which is a party of sixteen. And that's 16, what you 20, can find on any yeah, given like night here. Yeah. Easy. This is somebody's retirement party. This is somebody's uh, bar mitzvah. Party. <laughs> I got it. 
but this is what you hear in the places that we inhabit. It's a real bar. We've never encountered this before, but we were bound to at some point, and you know. The key person that said that this was for is saying goodbye. It's that woman right there. Oh. Oh, let's oh my God. Really? We don't want to interrupt her. We don't want to interrupt her. I don't want to be rude, but yeah, now that she's gone, things have mellowed out. So. It has gotten a lot quieter. Yeah. All right. Well, should we kick so, into another segment? To do now. We got we some got podcasting to do. All right, back to work, people. And Come when on. the band comes up, so yeah, back to work, let's get people. To work. Yeah. The clocks are ticking. Any any segments? We got some drinking to do. What us? Uh, Where we at? Have been here. You said. Uh, yeah. There's uh, some celebrities that visited this. Gym. Well, who's the guy that the Food Network guy? Triple that D. Does Guy Fieri? What? Yeah, Guy Fieri, thank you. Diners, drives, and he's that guy, been here. That guy's been everywhere. Huh? Billy Gibbons Diners, from ZZ Top has been here. Oh, nice. Triple D. Yeah, nice. Who else? There's I think Colin Farrell, the actor. I think I saw a picture of him here before. Another question for you guys. So, looking back on season one so far, what have been some of your, your takeaways about maybe unexpected realizations, things like that? I'll start kind of set the tone okay yeah, yeah so when we first set out for this i kind of had in my mind that we were just going to be visiting a series of very homogenous looking bars you know the stereotypical dive bar where you go in and there's a bunch of fireflies and pull tabs and dim lights and sip drinks right but as i discovered each one is distinctly different no two dive bars are the same and they all have their own personality and stuff there is no homogenous dive bar, at least not in Seattle that we've encountered. So I was kind of surprised to, uh, I don't know, discover yeah, no, that. I, I totally no, you, agree. Yeah, you're straight up. That's straight, straight up. I think that's a great observation, right? And, and I remember us kind of plotting and scheming this podcast way back in the day. One of the things I thought is like, no dive bar is going to want us to come and record. They're going to say, fuck you, get out of our <laughs> bar, right? You know? And I, yeah. I was, but it, we have been embraced with Positive reception. So much from yeah. the owners and the managers yeah. and the bartenders and, and the stuff. Yeah. They've been fucking great. Yeah. So shout yeah. out to all the bars who yeah. have like welcomed us in their doors. Yeah. So we couldn't have done it without them. I thought for sure it'd be a struggle. I thought we'd have to like beg and plead and slip somebody fifty bucks under the table to get our asses in yeah. the bars to start recording. But uh, it's been surprisingly easy, and, and everybody's just been super warm and welcoming. It's been fantastic. Yeah. No, it's been awesome. Yeah. Yep. That's been true. What about you, Lou? Uh, well. Actually, I should pull it up. What I've learned is that the longer these places... Oh, here we go. The band's Ended getting off hot. with the bang here. Is that the... Um, and this is uh, props to you, Brad. The history of all these bars we've been to. Like, this one's 2008. 14 yeah. years. Big fucking deal. Everything else, when it's 70 years... Oh, yeah. You start to get into the... Um, Gustav's and Hellflowers and the Doc Snells. <laughs> the Doc Snells, the yep. Snells. Yep. Cecil Payne. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Fast Eddie. Colin Harrison. Uh, Ole Olsen. Yep. Who was that again, Brad? Ole Olsen was... Uh, that was the Sloop, right? I believe it was the Sloop. All I right. Could be Fast Eddie. Who was that, Jeremy? Oh, uh, shit. The Zoo... No. Uh, that was the Blue Moon, I think. Blue I Moon. Think, yeah. I agree with you there. Uh, mm-hmm. Doc Snell. That was a blue moon. He was one of those bouncers. Too. What was a Hellflower? I don't know that one. Uh, God, I want, was that the blue moon as well? That might have been, it seems like an Aurora bar. No, that was the blue moon. That was one of the original oh, really? ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what about uh, Charlie Files and Patrick Files? Oh, that was the sloop. Yep. Yeah. And he also owned Targis. 
Dan Bar trivia there for you listeners yeah, out there. The Files family made an yep. appearance in two bars. Yeah, yep, that's right. some good like bouncer names from Woody's, too. It seems like we right. did. Uh, oh, Woody's is, of course, our favorite uh, and our sponsor of the show. Theodore Butsky. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the singing bartender. The singing bartender. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Helmer Trestle. Who's that motherfucker? Targi. Uh, I don't. I know the name, but I don't remember Targis. which place. Targi. Right. So, yeah. Like all these places have had a really uh, pretty rich history. Yeah. So for this episode, we're clearly going to have to post like an answer sheet for your pop quiz there, Lou. There you go. <laughs> a lot of good names. I, I was also surprised at the, uh, the how old a lot of these here. kids are going to be downloading it centuries should, from now. Uh, give them a prize, like a bottle of booze for whoever answers them all correctly. <laughs> and I, I've been kind of interested in, uh, or surprised to find how old a lot of these places have been running since, like, right after Prohibition. Yeah. More, more than one bar. Yeah. Most of them started in the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I did not yeah, realize it that. It's been really crazy. fun to see the, majority the history, of them. the rich history of these places. And... Yeah. Spoiler alert, we've got even older places on oh, the yeah. that we're going to be visiting here pretty soon. Yeah. Maybe season two. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Set, them, set them up, Brad. Let's give a little So, yeah, we, we decided to, um, yeah, we decided to divide our, to, to go and do it in seasons, right? So, 12 episodes per season. For season two, we're going to pay a visit to Pioneer Square where four different bars lay claim to be in the oldest bar in Seattle, and we're, uh, we're going to get into this. We're going to take a deep dive into, and find out who exactly is the oldest bar in Seattle. We're going to get to the bottom of this. There we and go. there was, uh, let's name them. There's the Central, the J&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Merchant. 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 Yep. And, and Jules Mays. Yeah, those are the four. I'm going to make a prediction. So I'm going to make a prediction right now. Okay, right now. okay. All four of them are, in fact, the oldest bar in Seattle, depending on how you look at it. I like the right? way you had. It's your all based there. on perspective, right? I think I think that's what we're gonna find. Like, okay. oh well, this one, like the first brick was laid on, blah blah well, blah. Well, technically, and the doors open, blah blah blah. Right. And I got my liquor license on, blah blah blah. Right. They're all they're all four gonna have some yeah, sort of. Yeah, what I think's gonna happen is that Brad actually already knows the answer because <laughs> he's he's actually vetted uh, them all and researched it. Yeah, he's just fucking with us. He'll tell you yeah. at the end who is actually the oldest. Well, after 27 episodes, he'll he'll reveal (laughs) the winner. No, these will be the first four episodes of season two. And then uh, we got some other cool locations lined up, too. We might even be doing a little traveling on the outskirts of Seattle. You know, Everett. And and a couple of Marysville revisits. Maybe some revisits, possibly. You want to go to the Herb Farm? The Herb Farm. Yeah, maybe. Well, couples. Dinner, the two of us. Sure. Four yeah. of us at two different tables. You know, that brings up the whole idea though. We could expand dive restaurants, Possibly. dive hotels, slash motels. The possibilities are limitless. Dive hookah bars, right? I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. The list goes on. Well, one of the things I also want us to look into is the Derelict League. Yes. This old baseball league that existed in Seattle. I think it started maybe in the late 60s, went on through the 80s, and it was like basically the bad news bears of adult baseball. It was all these different taverns that played in the league. Adult drunken baseball. Yeah. Yeah. The owners and their kids and a couple regulars, and you got to... Well, and the commissioner of the Derelict League has actually reached out to me and we're going to try to get him on. And we, I also want to revisit the zoo because apparently they have a whole chest of old paraphernalia from the Derelict League. So uh, 
we're going to be diving into that too. So we got some really cool things lined up for season two. So stay tuned for that. Here's a 1937 jockstrap. <laughs> anyway, I actually have some really cool stuff to tell you about where we're at. Okay. Oh. Georgetown is it's, it's not any bullshit. It's actually the center of the universe. It's actually the center of the universe. Georgetown. Hell yeah. Bars. Hell yeah. Dive bars. So uh, let's go get round two and come back and uh, I'll tell you where we're at. Okay, sounds good. We are back for round two. Everyone freshened up their drinks. The band is about to start. And a little observation here, we're at Slim's. And Lou, do you happen to know what today is? We picked a good day to be here today. Any uh, ideas? Is it the 24th? It is it, it national. Hint, it's not your birthday. It's not your birthday. It is national. Shit, did I forget Valentine's Na Day? I gotta, we gotta no, 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 it's not Valentine's Day. National. It's not your anniversary. It's National Chili Day. It's National Chili Day? National, National Chili, Chili Day. What's the name of this place? It's Slim's Last Chance Saloon and Chili Shack. Yeah. They're known for their chili, so we Hell came yeah. to the right place today, which was just kind of a it's lucky coincidence. It's National Chili Day It really year. is, yeah. So supposedly they claim they are the best chili in town, but we're also going to do an episode at Mike's Chili Parlor. Yeah, yeah, which I've eaten at before. Who is celebrating their 100th year this year. Chili That's battle. Right. Chili right. battle. A little bit yeah. of chili off. Yeah, so stay tuned for uh, season two for that. That's pretty cool. So uh, what are you drinking, Brad? So I'm drinking the Rogers Ale from Georgetown Brewing. It's pretty good. I was just kind of a random pick. I just hadn't drank any Rogers before, didn't recognize it. So I said, give me that. And it's kind of a, yeah, it's like a pale ale. It's good. Nice. How about you, Jay? Well, I am sticking with the Georgetown theme, and I think we're, we're going to explore that a little bit we're deeper, right? We're a couple right? blocks from Georgetown no Brewery. No shit. Exactly. Exactly. This is, this is Georgetown Brewery's hood right here uh, which is an excellent brewery it's a great neighborhood you can tell us a little bit more about like where we at but no big surprise heavy Georgetown brewery rotation on tap here at Slim's right so yeah. you had the Rogers Pale I've got the Chopper, Chopper. Red Ale that was which my first beer which is great yeah. and uh, we've got some other stuff on tap we've got some uh, Bodhisattva right Bodhisattva uh, what you had before right I think there's like one or two other Georgetown brewers uh, on tap which is a a little unusual, heavy Georgetown, but it, not surprising given the, given the fact that we're like, you know, what, two blocks from Georgetown Brewery or whatever. So yeah, right. Very, very cool. One of a great brewery. So, yeah, good stuff. Nice. Well, and there's a beer on tap that we I don't think we've encountered before, which is the uh, the Shinerbach from Texas. Yeah, you know. Oh, they got Shiner on Shinerbach. Anybody from Texas knows Shinerbach. Anybody yeah. from that region knows Shinerbach. You yep. go to a Texas bar or that region, you're going to find Shinerbach. But this is, as far as I know, this is the first bar we've been to that had Shinerbach on tap. I believe so, you don't yeah. see it super popular on no. tap around the Seattle we area. We should have had one. We have a ton of family in Texas, and they've all got Shiner in the fridge. Yeah, you should oh, yeah. have, Lou. Yeah. Why don't you go get one right now? <laughs> I'm drinking Jamie on the rocks. I got me on the hand. With the Shiner Bob back. Shiner Bach back. Shiner Bach back. Nice. There you go. Yep. 
But uh, yeah, it, you know, Brad, you were mentioning this before. We got some Georgetown brews on tap. That's great. Love that brewery. Love those beers. But the selection is relatively, uh, you know, uh, uh, a scarce commodity up in these parts. You don't see it too often. Smaller, even in the stores, I don't think you see it too often. More mild selection. Beers, serious. Yeah. Yeah, Like I mean, they're they're Georgetown's bar, so they got up into Georgetown, and everything else is. Blue Moon and yeah. uh, we got some staples. Caps Blue we Ribbon. Some we got some Modelo but, but I mean, on tap, uh, which is really is, and then Shiner's the is a logical choice for a, a that place is a dive that bar is known for chili, chili, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, Shiner's yeah. Bach and Chili. They did their homework. They did their homework. Yeah. Is yep. it a Modelo Especial or Negro yeah, Modelo? Yeah, Modelo on tap. You don't see that very often. Wh- which That's Modelo? Yeah, a little unusual. Negro Modelo or Modelo Especial? Modelo Especial. No, you don't see that on tap too often. What's that in, in uh, English? Especial. It's, it's, actually, it's actually French. So we are minutes away until the band starts. So, Lou, before they begin, why don't you tell us where the hell are we at? Yes. You're in industrial land. Georgetown <laughs> is the second. There's a welding supply store right next door. Yeah, once you get south of downtown, there's the industrial neighborhood. Yeah. And then there's Georgetown. It's all the same. What's cool is I, I come like down warehouses on the west shit. side of Seattle, so I take Aurora down here, and you come out of the tunnel, and the first thing you see are like 20 cranes and shipping containers, right. five high on each side of the road. I took that same route coming in, yeah. rail spurs going down the middle. Yep. They've got boxcars stacked high on that side, too. But yeah, we're in a district where men work, and things are made, and things are done that aren't just a bunch of computer jockeys. <laughs> and then there's cranes and grain and sand being dumped from things or smoke in the air. We can almost see the original uh, Starbucks headquarters down the street. Yep. But yeah, What's it was up, Howard? By, it was first one of, one of the first main rail spurs came to. It's still there. And then the Duwamish cut comes in, and that's where all the ships come in to drop yeah. off the cargo containers. But we're actually at Ground Zero. This is the first Seattle neighborhood. Well, in Georgetown as a neighborhood... When I first moved here, it really wasn't anything. It's kind of like grown into like a really cool neighborhood. Yeah, Maybe in the sure. last what 15 years or so, I would say. It has yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, it's what I just described. It's industrial. Yeah, it's industrial. Oh, it's, it's and there's a pizza joint and a good bar. That's a, that's a good thing, right? Because like, Brad's right. Like it has evolved, but it is not like gentrified, right? Right. It's like a no. lot of a lot of neighborhoods in the Seattle area have evolved from like industrial, hardcore, like uh, uh, you know, kind of business way, and then they got like basically gentrified over the years and they're in that kind of cool neighborhoods now and shit George, the Georgetown area still stays stays seedy still remains kind of that industrial like hard you know working man kind of oh, yeah. vibe right but it's still it's got, I've got some great breweries you've got some great yep. restaurants you've got yep. some great dive bars in the area and yep. stuff all that shit has kind of moved in made it a good neighborhood yep. we are you know there's some industrial shit right there's like you know uh, warehouses and this bar and stuff just across the street is going to be like some you know, houses and tucked in in little neighborhoods and stuff so it's, it's yeah. got a good good mix going yeah, yeah. And, and you're actually in the first neighborhood um, I was telling Brad earlier the Collins party landed here September 27 1851 which was two days after the Denny party landed in Alki but the Collins Party, within a year, had permanent structures and a uh, farming community, whereas the Denny Party was basically so fucking camping. Which and one of those in... parties established the first bar? 
I'm sure it was Georgetown, and I could tell you why later, but like the Denny party in 1852 moved to downtown, mm-hmm. and then they set up shop. Mm-hmm. And so Denny party gets all the credit for being the first Seattle, but this is actually the first neighborhood. Uh, you think Doc Maynard ever came down here and uh, was drinking down here? Yeah, well, I'm sure Doc Maynard. So, yeah, this was really cool. In the late 1800s, Georgetown was the sixth largest beer-producing district in the world. Get the fuck out the of Rainier here. the Rainier Brewery. Yeah. Get the fuck well, out of here. Well, it was also like a company town. It has a really crazy history. So during the years that you're talking about, Lou, it was a company town. It was its own little city, Georgetown. It wasn't annexed by Seattle yet. And the, the guy that was running the brewery was also the mayor of the town. <laughs> of Georgetown? Of Georgetown, yeah. So it was like we a said true it before, company we'll town. say it again. That's Seattle's a beer oh, town. You know what I found is that, like, Georgetown became a, they were a beer community because there was a ton of German immigrants, and you could grow hops in the yep. flood areas off the Duwamish. And so in 1904, they became their own town because they were worried Seattle was going to annex them, and there was talk that Seattle was going to pass local prohibition. That's right. And this was like, oh, dear, oh hell no. Dear country, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Seattle dropped it, yeah. and then like three or four years later, they were like, okay, we can join forces now that you don't have a problem with beer. But then right. in 1914, we did state Nin- prohibition. 1916 when they went, yeah. Yeah, of course, we Georgetown of was curve. strongly opposed to that for obvious <laughs> yeah. reasons. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Seattle or Washington State went prohibition four years before uh, the rest of the country. Yeah, 1916. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, good history. Yeah. And when that happened, the Rainier Brewery actually moved down to San Francisco because California booze was still legal down there. So for Almost 20 years, the Rainier Brewery was their headquarters was down in San Francisco until so prohibition died was down. over. Yeah, that's awesome. And then ML6 purchased Rainier and brought it back up here. So, little Rainier history there for you. Nice. nice. That is in a future book that you're writing. Yeah. Do they have Rainier on tap here? I'd imagine they so. They do not. They should. Or though. a tall they boy should. at least. They should. Yeah. Yeah. And get the owner on the line. Well, so we are. Yeah, I think that's, we should probably. We are five minutes from the band taking the stage, and uh, we're going to be drowned out there. So. Yeah, you think it's loud now? Yeah, yeah I think it's loud now. Just wait. So. Yep, we're going to get rock and roll. So, thank you so much out for uh, tuning in with us for season one. Like I said, wait for season two because we got some some gems lined up for you. We're really excited for it. But I'm going to wrap up this episode right now because the band is about to take stage. So Thanks, everyone, for listening. So you, signing out, uh, this is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks Dive Bars of Seattle. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Lou? Right. Okay. Let's knock what? on the head. Cheers, brothers. That was Cheers. Fun. Bye, you guys. Later.